Welcome to the Why Your Bank Sucks podcast. My name is James Baca and I'm here to tell you why your bank does in fact suck. Today, February 25th, has been an interesting day in the banking world. My former company, Bank of America, has some big news that both made me chuckle and made me scratch my head a little bit. Bank of America is dropping the name Merrill Lynch from a lot of their products. And they're also dropping the name U.S. Trust from their products. For those of you who don't know, Merrill Lynch is essentially the investing arm of Bank of America where you do, you know, stock trades and what have you. And U.S. Trust is more for the rich son of guns, the the rich, rich people out there. And they're dropping those names and they're rebranding everything as part of an overall rebranding of the company, which included a change of their logo a few months ago. Um, I found this very interesting as a former sales manager uh, for a Bank of America branch. My experience with Merrill Lynch and Merrill Edge was at a minimum just mainly because I was in a smaller town that didn't have um, a lot of interaction with those people. But it was a heavy day-to-day part of my existence as a salesperson mainly because Bank of America for so many years has tried to achieve quantity and over quality and that was partly what my role was with um, Merrill Lynch and Merrill Edge for that matter. I have CNBC's article online available on my computer here. I'm just going to read it to you for a second. Uh, Bank of America as you know acquired Merrill Lynch in 2008 kind of a shotgun wedding something that was essentially forced upon them you know by the federal government saying hey you have to take on Merrill Lynch period end of story we we need them to survive so Bank of America you know paid a hefty sum I believe it was 50 billion dollars for them in 2008 and over the last 10 years they've slowly integrated their products um into Bank of America day-to-day activities within the bank you know um up until the time I left uh, my Bank of America branch there was you know, huge signage for speak to a Merrill Lynch advisor, a Merrill Edge advisor, um, to talk to you about your future. And in reality, it's more about if you have money or you think you have money, you should kind of talk to us. And I'll get into that in just a second here. Um, but I'm just going to kind of, um, just read through the article here and I'll, I'll give you my opinion as I go on. It says, um, two of the most vaunted names in banking are faded into retirement. Now, once again, this is from Robert Frank and Liz Moyer of CNBC. Two of the most vaunted names in banking are fading into retirement. Bank of America said on Monday that it's going to gradually retire the U.S. trust brand to become Bank of America Private Bank. The move is part of CEO Brian Moynihan's quote-unquote one-company strategy to more closely align the bank's various, various businesses and branding. The company will also no longer use the Merrill Lynch brand for investment banking, global markets, and capital markets groups. Bank of America purchased U.S. Trust from Charles Schwab in 2006 for $3.3 billion, calling it one of the largest and most respected wealth management firms. U.S. Trust has been around since 1853, my goodness, in New York, and is the first and oldest trust company in the United States and has become synonymous with America's moneyed elite. I'm going to skip through it a little bit here. And it said, in addition, Bank of America will dump the name Merrill Lynch from its investment bank and trading operations and keep just Merrill as the brand for its wealth management division. In a press release Monday, the company said it it has already begun a multi-year advertising campaign. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that to highlight the changes. 
it released a new corporate logo in November. And there were several several logos that were released at that point. Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina-based bank acquired Merrill Lynch a decade ago in the heat of the financial crisis. It used to be known to by its brokers as Mother Merrill. Um, but the name stuck with the firm even after the merger when other Wall Street names faded away. The investment banking and trading business will now be called B of A Securities. And while the units working with corporate clients will be simply called Bank of America. And that was by Robert Frank, CNBC reporter and editor and investing editor Liz Moyer. Now, as I mentioned, as a sales manager within a Bank of America branch, we didn't take our Series 7 test, so we weren't licensed to do investments. And that, that's part of the problem of what's going on here with the, this Bank of America Merrill Lynch thing and how the bank has tried to integrate it into day-to-day -day banking. And this has a lot to do with kind of the locale that I'm in here in southern New Mexico in a, in a smaller town where there's not a lot of money. There's not a lot of need for these two services here, or at least, you know, in a in a grand in a grand manner you know there's a few rich people in this town but there's not a lot this you know the the richest person in las cruces is probably the ten thousand richest person in new york city for that matter the the first thing i'm going to get to is the merrill lynch name itself um you know, what's in a name? You know, when I was a kid, Merrill Lynch, I heard that before. I didn't really know anything about banking when I was a child, but I knew that that had to do with money and stocks and investments. So, you know, branding is important for anything that you do in life. And for Merrill Lynch to just go away, it's very interesting to me because you know, one would say that Bank of America purchased it 10 years ago just simply because it's a name. It's a name that you know and a name that you trust, so to say. You know, I, I don't trust them personally, but, you know, you it's a, it's a name that you feel familiar with. You know, the average person will have said, you know, hey, I have seen that name around before. What do they do? Well, it's been an awkward ride for Merrill Lynch and its offshoot Merrill Edge with Bank of America branch banking. I don't want to sound too nerdy on this podcast because I don't want a lot of you to tune out. Um, it's actually really very interesting. So as a banker, you're, you, know, you have sales goals. You have to hit so many accounts a week, month, quarter, year. You got to hit home loan quotas and goals, credit card goals and quotas, um, you know, small businesses, you know, even debit card activation and online banking enrollment are huge parts of what my job entailed in order to get a bonus. Now, the bonuses weren't great. You know, heck, the bonuses were in the hundreds of dollars, not thousands of dollars like they promise you. But it was something that I worked really hard for. And I, I did really well with it. One of the things that I struggled with, though, and this is, you know, because I live in a smaller town, are um, referrals to Merrill Lynch and Merrill Edge. So there was a point in time several years ago that Merrill Lynch came up with something called Merrill Edge. And, you know, to, to use it into non-bank terms here, think about Burger King. You know, they have the Whopper and then they have the Whopper Jr., it's like, well, you know, I want to experience the, the taste and the quality of a Whopper, but that's too much burger. And I, I, I'm a man of small means here. Do you have something more affordable for me where I can still have that value? 
Well, Merrill Lynch is the Whopper Jr. of um, investing with Bank of America. Because Merrill Lynch, and there is a small Merrill Lynch office in my hometown of Las Cruces, New Mexico here. And honestly, in all the years that I worked down here, I, I have never met anyone who worked for that company. They did a really good job at keeping us separate. I have no clue as to their you know, favorable qualities and unfavorable qualities. I don't even know the names of the people that worked there while I was employed there. It was appointment-based only. And typically, it's for someone with a lot of money. And and, and this is where I'm going to kind of get into the weeds about this here. Now, what is a lot of money to you? I, I don't know. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, it can be $1,000. It can be $10,000. It could be a $1 million. You know, if I play a slot machine in Vegas and I hit for $500, I feel like, my world changed because for $500 I can spend spend it on a, on a wonderful night in Vegas, have a nice steak, you know, go out to a nice club, buy some clothes or something. So, you know, what is a lot of money? Well, Bank of America defines a lot of money, in my personal opinion, as $250,000 or more in your accounts with Bank of America. Two fifty dollars or more just sounds like a nice round number because it gets you in the door with Merrill Lynch. Two fifty dollars or more. Is, is allowable to have an in-person in, in appointment with a Merrill Lynch advisor, typically in an office such as the one that I have never been in. Merrill Edge, on the other hand, and I don't know what's going to become of that name. They didn't mention that as well. The Whopper Jr., if you will, of investing with Bank of America was introduced a few years ago while I was a banker at Bank of America, uh, you know, relatively new one, as a way of getting people in the door with Merrill to invest more and more the minimum to get your foot in the door to be considered quality with Merrill Edge is $5,000 I don't have a lot of money right now I'm unemployed because of Bank of America but I have $5,000 and if I wanted to invest it in stocks Merrill Edge will help me get started with that one would wonder why the you know the minimum being so low it's because Bank of America has this weird perception of, well, they, they got to have money elsewhere. They have to have money elsewhere. 5000 is just a drop in the bucket. They probably diversify and have accounts everywhere. That's true. You know, a lot of people do. But also a lot of people, that's their nest egg. You know, I've heard people refer to their life savings as $3,000 while speaking to them in an office. So 5000 is a lot of money to them. But, you know, to Bank of America as a whole, that really isn't a lot of money. So what happened with the Merrill Lynch name and just the Merrill name in general, and this is why they're rebranding everything, is I think they they bit off more they can chew with Merrill Lynch and Merrill Edge, you know, because whenever you have the minimums low, and I was just texting my wife about this when I heard the news break, um, reading a couple of articles from CNBC and the Wall Street Journal about this. It's like, imagine our favorite high-end bar in Las Vegas where the cocktails are $20, where there's a dress code. You have to wear a jacket if you're a male. You have to look like you belong. You can't be wearing touristy crap when you're in these high-end bars in, in Vegas on the Strip. Imagine, you know, you're spending $25 on this very amazing, very, you know, finely crafted cocktail. But 4 p.m. on a weekday rolls around and they're having... Nickel beer, nickel beer night, you know, Natty Light, you know, Milwaukee's Best, all the cheap beers of my college youth. And all of a sudden they said, well, you know, it's happy hour and, 
you know we we need more people in here so we're selling we're selling five cent um you know natural light beers to whoever wants it for the next two hours and all of a sudden your high-end highfalutin bar becomes overrun by people who are coupon clippers who are who are not going to spend twenty dollars on drink cold look at the menu and go this place is crazy look how much a drink costs and you'll have a, a subsection of people that they really don't want but you know if they're hurting for business and they're just trying to get butts in the seats they're going to offer five cent beers to just try to get people in the door this does happen in las vegas a lot because they travel there a lot and that's the way I felt Merrill Edge was. I've I've already equated Merrill Edge to a Whopper Junior and a, a nickel um, natural light beer, because it's it's there for someone who wants that feeling, but they can't afford the the good stuff. And you know Merrill Edge gave people a lot of false hope. Merrill Edge was always sold as self-directing investing. You can have a conversation with an advisor. But they'll get you set up in, you know, learning the ropes of how to do trades or, you know, invest yourself using online banking. So the whole point was to automate your service for that and be totally self-directed. So, you know, when you put your $5,000 in, you're playing with it like it's a million dollars and no one is helping you with that. And then, of course, as you your assets grow, you put more money in there, more conversations with your banker. It'll lead to, a, you know, down the road when you do have 250K or more, a conversation with an actual advisor. And then that's, that's when they'll start paying more attention to you. You'll get a little bit more hands-on, you know, service at that point where they actually want to talk to you and they actually want to help you. Believe me, I've had the feeling. I've had the feeling both ways where I can tell someone does not want to help me because they don't have a lot of money. And I've also had that feeling of, oh, wow, yeah, you, that's a great start. You have 5000 That sounds good. Tell me, where are your other assets located? Do you deal with Charles Schwab or do you deal with TD Ameritrade? That, that's a starting point. The whole 5000 starting point was simply just to get people in the door and hope that they had more than that. Bank of America's rebranding of Merrill Lynch tells me one part that it has gotten so diluted and so watered down that the name Merrill Lynch doesn't mean anything. The name Merrill doesn't, you know, mean anything anymore. So the the transferring of the name from Merrill Lynch, Merrill Edge to B of A Securities is telling me that they're just basically telling, you know, clientele who doesn't, you know, have a ton of money with, you know, with the company. This is what it's going to be now. It's going to be more closely aligned to Bank of America. Merrill Lynch is a you know, they're wanting to distinguish it as a higher-end brand. Dropping the Lynch probably is part of that right there. But to me, it's an acknowledgement that the name doesn't mean as much as it used to because of the way that they're, and I, am, I apologize for the term, I can't think of any other term. They've hoard out that name to make it just so meaningless to the average consumer now. And, and and it's it's really important to me to acknowledge to you that I was a part of this problem while working as a sales manager at Bank of America, and here it goes. So my job was to speak to the people while opening new accounts, you know, managing existing customers' accounts. You know, one of the questions we ask is, you know, where are your assets? Do you have your retirement with Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, or do you have it elsewhere? And the reason why we were doing that is because we had a goal you know, even though they couldn't call it a goal, we were required 
to get referrals to Merrill Lynch advisors who are supposedly better salespeople than we are, I guess. I don't know what they're thinking. So they can dig deeper and maybe find that, you know, pot of gold. I hated that part of, of dealing with it because my customers who knew me and trusted me would, you know, talk to me and I would have a conversation with them where I say, well, you know, where's your retirement at? Is it with Fidelity? Oh, okay. That sounds good. You know, because you're preferred with Bank of America, you can have a conversation with uh, Merrill Lynch or Merrill Lynch advisor and they can maybe give you some more guidance as to what your future, you know, brings. Um, do you mind if you, if we can put you on the phone with someone and maybe they can talk to you about what's going on with your money. Maybe they can find a way to get you a little bit more money. And here's the weird thing about that. So my conversation, once they say yes, stopped at that point. So and they say, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, that sounds great. Here's what I would have to do. I'd have to read some crazy disclosure, which I understand disclosures are important, which basically says, you know, Bank of America and Merrill Lynch have the right to call you. Uh, Bank of America is allowed to share information about you to Merrill Lynch so they can perform a financial review. I, I don't remember it verbatim, but something of that sense. So we would have to fill out this form. We'd get their consent. We'd ask them for the best contact phone number. We'd get the phone number. And then they would ask, there would be a drop-down menu. Is it for investing? Is it for retirement? Is it for education or other? So let's just say for the sake of argument, you know, this person wants to invest. So we click on investment. And um, we were told not to set up phone appointments because what would happen with phone appointments, you know, call me back tomorrow at 9 o'clock, is the Merrill Lynch, Merrill Edge Advisors would do a review of that person's account before they would call. And if they felt that that person wasn't worthy, that person would not get a call from Merrill Lynch, Merrill Edge. They would, they would be basically profiled if you will and saying oh this person isn't a value and then they wouldn't get called and then i would have a, a pissed off customer saying hey you promised me that so and so was going to call me tomorrow what happened well apparently they didn't think you were worthy i guess you know and that was so embarrassing that was the worst part so my managers implored me to say you know put them on the phone right now that way you're in there they're in the office you can have the conversation with them and um, maybe we can get something good Here's the problem with that. So, you know, if I kind of sold out one of my great relationships with my clients to try to get them on the phone with Merrill Lynch or Merrill Edge for that matter, my process is I have to get their phone number, say that I'm going to dial this number, put them on the phone. I would speak to the advisor on the other end. I have to give my little security code to prove that I'm me. And once I prove that I'm me, I have to give the social of the person in my office to them and they would say, please hand the phone to your client. By rule, we weren't allowed to be in the office. So by rule, we were supposed to leave the office and get the hell out of there while they have a, a secret you know, talk about their money, which is one part stupid because if I'm using my trust that I have with my client to have that conversation, wouldn't you want the person you trust in the office with you? And, and a random you know person over the phone from New Jersey is where they usually would call from is talking to my client that I've known for years about their personal finances and I have no say or no right to have that conversation with them. It was stupid. And I had a lot of people who felt very uncomfortable having that conversation saying, no, James, I don't I don't want to talk to them because I don't know who it is. I don't trust them. I trust you, but I don't trust them. And 
that went, you know, there went that. So I'd have a lot of clients would be upset because they couldn't talk to me about it, which I couldn't, you know, talk to them about it. But it was something that I was required to do. And even if they did talk to an advisor over the phone, here's the crappy part about it. So those who had money, which were few and far between in my area, I mean, once in a while, I'd get what's called a quality referral. Um, they would send me an email saying, hey, James, you're, you know, John Smith. Um, referral that you sent to Merrill Lynch and Merrill Edge was deemed quality. You'll receive proper incentive credit for that. So I'd be sweet. Oh, yeah, he got something good. I got a quality Merrill Lynch referral. I would tell my boss and be like, oh, good job, James. What do you get for that? Well, let's just say that if it's Merrill Lynch and it's $250,000 or more, you know, and the bank is going to earn so much money off of that person and, you know, trading fees and, and just all the things that come with that. How much does James, the sales manager, the banker, earn for referring that that person, that bond that I had, the client, you know, that trusted me to someone in another state who will never see this person, who will not care about this person after the initial acquisition and lead to a horrible experience, which would lead my client to close out their accounts. What does James get for that? I would get $20. Every single quality person that I would send over to the Merrill Lynch gods for sacrificing, I would get a $20 um, bonus at the end of every quarter. Taxable, of course. So I would get something like $11 for every person that I would throw to them in the hopes of getting $250,000 or more into my bank. $11. It, it, it it, It's stupid. And I mortgaged, no pun intended, a lot of friendships and business relationships on feeding people to Merrill Lynch and Merrill Edge. And, you know, I I gave them this hype piece of, hey, they're great people. They know what they're doing. And they really don't because they don't care about the customers themselves. They don't care about this area. You know, it, it was really frustrating because the amount of you know, wealth in this area is lacking that, you know, our wealthiest person isn't really a blip on the radar to a a person who has a sales goal on Merrill's side. So the rebranding of Merrill Lynch to more closely align the Bank of America is in one part, well, we, we want, we want the rich people to feel special. So Merrill, Merrill Lynch, you know, it's not gonna be Merrill Lynch anymore, but Merrill is going to be for our wealth management, for our wealthy clients. And and it has prestige again. It feels like a more exclusive club at that point in time. The $5,000 know, or more people, Whopper Jr., Natty Light beer drinkers, are not going to be a part of Merrill Lynch anymore. It's only going to be people who have real money, according to Bank of America, and it's so stupid. And I would give every $20 bill that I earned back to Bank of America. That's how low I feel about the way they treated my clients. And, um, you know, a lot of people say, well, why are they on the phone? Well, Bank of America is so cheap. You know, you'll see one teller or maybe one of me, one sales manager and one branch manager in a bank. They're not going to hire a financial advisor, you know, to just sit around all day in the office and do nothing and only do investments because, it doesn't make any sense to have that person in there. So they have these big centralized call centers where these people just wait on the phone and try to close million-dollar deals while wearing a headset, you know. So it, it was something where 
because of you know cutbacks or just the lack of hiring people that million dollar conversations were had or not had in a uncomfortable chair in an office that's not yours talking to some person you never met before while the person you do you know you have met and do trust is not even allowed into his office that I had to go sign into another office's computer in order to help the next client because I'm not allowed to have any say in that conversation because of the rules now regulation z meaning the investment referral policy meaning the thing that would give me twenty dollars for sacrificing my clients to the merrill lynch gods is um is a policy that's needed because i don't want to influence someone into making an investment choice that it turns out to be bad i understand the policies in that but you know whenever it becomes b of a securities Unless they're going to train all of their bankers into doing investment products too, which I, I, I imagine can happen, there's still going to be that segregation. So there's going to be that lack of trust. So what it basically tells me is, you know, the Merrill Edge 5,000 or more people, even though they're lumped into B of A securities, they're not going to get as much attention as before because if it's to be, you know, one bank, one company strategy, then B of A Securities is going to be something where maybe a banker just sets up your profile to do investments. Maybe they'll fund your account for you, and that's all they're going to be able to do. So you'll actually get less service um, if you have, you know, if you want to trade with Bank of America and you don't have 250000 or more. So Merrill Lynch, you know, going away, becoming Merrill and B of A just trying to rebrand and re-strategize is more than just, a, you know, we just want to have one unified name. No, it's a way of weeding out the people that they try to lure into this web of, hey, we want all your money. But then they come to realize, well, you don't have any money, so we don't really want to do business with you. And they're going to make it very uncomfortable for those people to continue banking there the way that they normally do because... They provide no value. You know, I was reading articles about this um, all morning, and there was an article where they referenced the whole quality, not quantity thing, where they have less, you know, clients, but the ones that they do have have more value. So it's more about the rich getting richer, you know, period, end of story. That's all that it is. But Merrill Lynch, um, you know, leaving is just a sign that they they milk the cow dry that there's no more milk in that cow so you know mother merrill mother's milk if you will is is no more and it it took all the prestige out of that name and now they're trying to rebuild the merrill name dropping lynch in order to more service their their you know what they call wealth management clients and Here's the thing with wealth management clients, and here's the thing for people who are in the banking industry who, you know, maybe they, they want to get a big fish, and hopefully a wealth management or very wealthy client goes into the branch and, you know, wants to open accounts or buy a house or whatever. It doesn't happen that way. Those people never walk into a branch. So, you know, whenever Bank of America is using the Merrill name for its wealth management division, you're going to have branding, and this is what it's all about. It's all about new logos. It's all about new thoughts about the products. You're going to have, you know, James Baca. You're going to have my address on a check. You're going to have my counter routing number on the check. And then you're going to have just a simple word. It's just going to say Merrill. 
or maybe it'll have the bull on there, the bull logo. But it's just going to say Merrill. It's not going to say Bank of America Wealth Management Division or whatever. Because two things. One, the bank doesn't want to disclose that James Baca is wealth management, which can lead to issues of fraud and you know other not-so-good things. So when you call it just James Baca, Merrill customer, the, to the naked eye or to the average person, they're not going to know what the hell that means. So the rebranding is one part of we we want to show our rich people we care about them, but we also don't want to put it on blast that they're wealth management and they need our help to manage their amazing wealth. So Merrill is now going to be there as an indicator to bank associates that, oh, this person's Merrill. So that, oh, this person's important because they have a lot of money. And then to the average person at the grocery store, I don't know why you're writing checks at the grocery store, mind you, but that's a whole topic for another day. Um, that the cashier is not going to go, hey, Mr. Baca is Merrill or wealth management. I know where he lives. We should kidnap his dog or kidnap his kids. That's what the bank is perceiving. They're, they're perceiving that wealth management is something to not put on blast, which I agree. I, I understand that part of it. But now they're just trying to prop up a milked cow and basically use the word Merrill for the wealth management people. And now what's funny is the U.S. Trust, which is another um, company that got rebranded today, which is the richest of the rich of the rich. I probably in 13 years of working at the bank had, had helped maybe two U.S. Trust people in my whole time there. That tells you how how damn poor New Mexico is and you know West Texas, and it also tells you that those people don't go into a branch. So U.S. Trust, which had been around for you know 165 years plus, the first trust company in the United States, it's synonymous with the richest of the rich of the rich tycoons, you know, and it references William Waldorf Astor, you know, like these are names that I've heard. I know they're old people. I know they're old money. I know they're a hell of a lot of money. It means something because it's the top 1% of the top 1%. Bank of America loves to deal with those people and they use a phrase for it up until today, obviously, and that's U.S. Trust. Well, U.S. Trust is now Bank of America Private Banking, which sounds really, really exclusive and it sounds really cool. But what it does is it eliminates the prestige of a name there. This this is the one where it's all about a name. If U.S. Trust has been around for 160-some-odd years and Bank of America just fills the need to put their name on top of that, what does it what does it matter to the the client whether or not it says Bank of America Private Bank on their checks or on their statements? It doesn't. It means nothing to anyone. This is their way of just you know marking their territory, saying, "Hey, this rich guy is mine." Bank of America Private Banking. No one knows where they bank at when it says U.S. Trust on their check. It, 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 it's it's something that's more of a selfish thing for Bank of America because you know for the richest of the rich of the rich and this podcast is not about those rich people this is about working folk people who are paycheck to paycheck who aren't making a lot of money when it when you talk about private banking and you're talking about you know US trust these are people that you likely will not meet you know in a normal day-to-day conversation it's just a fact of the matter i worked in banking and i only met a couple of them so whenever they're rebranding it as a an exclusive type of banking for the the the, the elite 
you got to understand that Merrill is also being rebranded for the elite as well. So, you know, Bank of America private banking is going to be top tier. Merrill is going to be a notch below that, yet it's still going to be wildly exclusive. And then the people who were Merrill Edge self-directed investing are now just going to be Bank of America Securities, which doesn't have any prestige. It doesn't really tell you what it's about in the name other than, of course, you can do trading. So it's basically, in my opinion, a lot of it is to help salespeople sell in banks. When a person walks in and they're private banking or they're Merrill, those bankers are going to have an edict to sell, sell, sell to those people because those people probably have more money elsewhere. And then when you have someone who's B of A Securities who doesn't have 250 or more in their accounts, the B of A Securities branding, and it's like branding a cow. I'm using you know cow references twice in this podcast branding of securities, it's a conversation to have to lead to Merrill. So, you know, those people who walk in who do self-directed investing are going to go to a banker and that banker is going to say, hey, you know, I know I see this B of A securities account that you have. Do you have, you know, Charles Schwab or do you have Ameritrade or Scott Trade as well? That's going to lead to a conversation that's supposedly going to lead to, to Merrill. And it's going to have more... Um, closely drawn lines so if if the person asks a question and they know that it's not going to lead to 250 or more they know not to give them to merrill because they're going to be like hey no merrill's only for the the richest of the rich it's not going to be for someone who has ten thousand in their account period it, that, that's just the way that it's going to go with them and then the people who aren't b of a securities who aren't merrill who aren't b of a private banking or just regular customers they're going to be kind of disenfranchised with this because the conversations are going to be, well, you know, do you bank elsewhere? Do you have assets elsewhere? And if that person says, no, it's my only account. I only get one paycheck every two weeks and I don't have enough money to keep in here usually to save and all that. Then that means that person is going to lose the the value of talking to a banker about growth. Those people will never know how to grow their money or the products that are around when they do grow their money because all of a sudden there's all these labels it's an extra label that bank of america has listed with their products and the person who's just a regular old customer is not going to feel that feeling of you know being wanted anymore because they don't have money so whenever bank of america rebrands all these products you got to wonder well yeah it's cool to change your logo it's cool to get new you know signage and to get new you know checks and you know they do a lot of giveaways for associates so maybe get a t-shirt that says merrill or private banking on there or whatever yeah it's all well and good until it it actually hurts the average client all these things are meant to show who's rich you know according to bank of america who's not rich who has growth potential and who has no potential that's all these things mean because, you know, as I mentioned, you know, Merrill Lynch meant something way back in the day. Bank of America had it and it still meant something then. Then they invited a lot of people to the party that they didn't want to have. And now it's getting a little convoluted and the lines are getting blurred where the rich people say, well, I have Merrill Lynch. And to them, that means they want services that 
should be entitled to them because they have a lot of money with the bank, meaning a lot of power according to those who have the money. But what happened was the people who don't have enough money for the bank to fill that way and the people with 5000 or more would go complain to a bank manager and go, hey, you know, I have money with Merrill Lynch. I have $5,000 in my Merrill Lynch account. This is my bank. I'm, you know, I should be a preferred customer. I have all my assets with you. Well, 5000 is six months worth of bills for me, so it's not a lot of money. But all of a sudden, you throw that Merrill Edge banner on there. That person thinks of Merrill Lynch. That person thinks, well, I am getting rich. I am saving money. So all of a sudden, they throw their weight around when there's no weight to be thrown around. And you've just alienated that customer because now you have to tell them, hey, you're, you're not really what you think you are. You're actually a, a step below that. Sorry about that. That's the crazy thing about this. It's it's the thing that um, just weirds me out about everything with this. And going back to what the press release said with Bank of America, it has already begun a multi-year advertising campaign to add, highlight these changes. When I hear multi-year, I'm just laughing about how much freaking stuff is going to go to the branches. They send these huge 50-pound boxes of promotional materials, these things that you got to put together. These, you know, like you see those stand-up things whenever, you know, there's a new product at the grocery store, you know, please buy this new version of Dr. Pepper or whatever. You know, Bank of America has those things too, and the managers spend all the all the, you know, the best parts of the day just putting those damn things together and trying to put them out because you must display this by March 21st and you must, you know, throw this away by April 1st. Everything is has a date to it and everything can be an audit finding if you have old materials out there. So when I hear multi-year campaign, I just imagine that they're just generating all this wasted paper, all this cardboard, all this stuff for all these new things, and then anything that has the old Merrill Lynch or Merrill Edge logo, or if the bull is facing the wrong way, or the, the bull has a different shade of blue, they're going to have to throw that away. They're going to have to tear that up, throw it away, and it's just waste. It's just garbage at that point. And a multi-year campaign just tells me that for the next several years, you're going to walk into a branch maybe once every couple of months and see 20 new signs there, with the other 20 signs beforehand being tossed in the garbage. If you're trying to rebrand and you're trying to be strategic about saving money, why the hell all the advertising just porn? It's just crap that they have. It's it's gross to me how much waste was there. And I'm not even an environmentalist. I'm not. Uh, it, it's amazing how much paper that they go through whenever they just simply change the logo or change the name or whatever. Um in my bank office, I wasn't. I, I wanted to decorate my office when I when I moved offices, and I bought these 1915 Bank of America burlap sacks that they used to haul money back in the day, on eBay for a few bucks, and it said Bank of America, San Francisco, California, whatever. They they wouldn't let me display them in my office because they said that was old promotional material. It's 105 years old. No one's going to make a business decision based on some old sack that I was going to put in a frame because I was proud of the company I worked for. It was insanity. I, I was not allowed to decorate my office the way I wanted to because I found some really cool tchotchke that I wanted to frame. And they said, oh, we can't do that because it doesn't meet our guidelines. You got to be freaking kidding me. And the multi-year campaign 
to show people that, hey, we got new names for our products here. Um, when in reality, the names are more for the bank and not for the client. It, it's, it's sick. It's gross. It's such a waste. It's horrible. Whenever there's a change, you know, there's a new latte at Starbucks or, you know, oh, hey, they, they moved the electronic section at Walmart to the front of the store. It used to be in the back. That's cool. People notice those things. People notice and there's a new logo. I got fired from Bank of America. They changed the logo two months later. I was like, wow, that's actually really nice. I was, I was happy for that because I like new things, you know. I'm not stuck in my ways yet. I'm not that old, you know. So seeing the evolution of the bank while you're working there is one thing because there's always something to look forward to and that's how you kind of gauge your career is like hey remember when Merrill Lynch was Bobby Bank of America I was a teller and I was doing this and that now that I'm not there I'm seeing all these new changes come to the forefront and I'm seeing how customers react to it I'm seeing how I'm reacting to it as a person who doesn't work there anymore and I'm seeing it through a different lens I'm like wow this is just a mess I can't believe how awful these changes are and how they mean nothing other than we're just trying to assign labels to our very rich people and our not so rich people you know it it's crazy to me and seeing this news today really put things into perspective about my future um being employed i don't want to work for these companies anymore because of these changes where they're touted as exciting, but they're really not. They just end up alienating more people, and maybe that's their goal. Their goal is to alienate enough people that they don't want to bank there anymore, and they can you know, cut more jobs. They can cut more services, and the people that they really want to take care of are always going to be there because they're going to wait on them hand and foot. Meanwhile, the Whopper Jr. Natty Light drinking customer who thinks they have a lot of money, but the bank tells them they really don't. That person's left in the dust. And this podcast is is meant to let those people know. I don't drink Natty Light, but I have friends who do. I eat Whopper Juniors because um, I'm coupon clipping because I'm, you know, financially strapped right now. This podcast is meant for those people that, you know, aren't going to have 250000 in their bank account. Who aren't going to have millions of dollars in their bank account. But do want to still bank with you know, Bank of America or whatever bank we talked about. And you see these things that are going to impact those people. And I go, yeah, I don't want to work in banking anymore, but I would love to talk about banking with people so they can make informed decisions. And the news of the day is going to be in every newspaper. It'll probably be in the national news shows and everything today. And people are going to not really understand what it means, you know, because they're just going to hear words. They're not going to actually know what, you know, actions are going to take effect. Long story short, you know, to those customers, it means the rich people get new labels, new branding there, and it's there for the branding is there for the salespeople to sell them more crap. The people who once were but are now not Merrill. It's a wake-up call to say, hey, you know, this is what's going to change. And if you want to still be part of us, maybe you can bring this money over. Go go set up an appointment to talk to a banker and he can help you with that. So that's going to be an opportunity, as my managers would say, to probe, as they would say, deep into those customers and see if you can get more from them. 
And then the people who don't have any of that, who just have a paycheck they want to deposit, who just have bills they want to pay and food they want to eat. Well, they, once again, you know, this is just another indication of why your bank sucks. My name is James Baca. Thank you so much for listening to my rambling about Merrill Lynch, Merrill Edge. The rebranding of a once prestigious company, now just another lackey of Bank of America. Now just another another forgotten name, another forgotten product. Bank of America has totally rebranded the way rich people should feel about their money and their own image. And what they've done is they've tossed out a name that's been synonymous with wealth for generations and one in U.S. trust that's been almost around almost as long as the Civil War has been around. Why your bank sucks is they forget the past or they've alienated the past to the point that they need a new name to mask the odor that is coming from the issues that are coming from this company. My name is James Bach and I work there and I'm here to let you know from here on out that I'm going to let you know every single time that something like this goes on. And, and I'm going to be there every step of the way anytime there's new news because I think it's important that you need to understand from the layman's perspective what it means for you. What is all this crazy news about Bank of America today? Well, it just means that, you know, if you look at your checkbook right now or if you look at your online banking and you have less than less than $250,000, I'm just going to say. Then you know why your bank sucks cuz that they that that number that's less than that doesn't matter to them. You only matter if you have that if that amount in your account period. So my name is James Baca and I'm here to guide you along the way through the the junk that banks throw at you and to let you know and to let everyone else know that just because your bank sucks doesn't mean we can find a better way. So if you have any questions about banking, any information, any news you want to share, find me on my Twitter at BankScrewedUs, at BankSucksPod. Find me on my personal account at JamesBeisRight on Twitter. I have a book coming out called Bank of America Nearly Made Me Homeless, and I work there. That's coming out on Amazon very soon. I have a book uh, for younger people to learn a little bit more about banking called Beer Money coming out very soon. And I have my Bank of America customer service book coming out very soon where I am going to tell the tales of um, 100 different customers and how they have been treated or not treated nicely um, by Bank of America through their stories, through the conversations they've had on Twitter and through email. Put them all together. Give me an amazing book that shows you that Bank of America and your bank does suck very much. So much work to do in so little time, guys. So thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I really appreciate it. There's going to be another one very, very soon. Um, Once again, my name is James Baca. This has been the Why Your Bank Sucks podcast. You have a great day.